We are still in Galatians 5, and I now finally can move a little bit faster down through the chapter because now we are entering into a certain category where the definitions and terms go more together. Amen? Amen? I'm going to be asking that uh, you pray for me today. Um, this message is challenging um, in a lot of ways um, because a lot of, a lot of what the Word of God reveals to us are things that are not necessarily obvious to us. We are blind in our own eyesight. And it takes the Word of God to illuminate our eyes so we can see God clearly, see ourselves clearly, see what we're doing clearly. Amen? See what we are supposed to do clearly. Amen? Amen. So Galatians, the fifth chapter, again at the 19th verse, possibly down to the 23rd. We'll see. 19 through 23. Also, pray for my voice this morning. This is allergy season, and allergy season is not kind to me. And several of us suffer from that. Amen. Son, I'm going to ask you to keep that because that's too cold, and that's my exercise water. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your willingness to help, though. Amen. All right. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft is where we left off at. Now, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things, or such things rather, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There's no gray area there. Amen? But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen? Let's see how far we get this morning. I want to talk to you today from the title, Spirit-Filled Relationships. You went from bad sex to bad gods to bad medicine, which is drugs and drinks. Now we're talking about spirit-filled relationships. Amen? I'm going to attempt to kind of set this up in a kind of strange way. When I was called into pastoring, I was called out of something. Amen? God used Jamie Hawkins and chose me and pulled me out of some stuff that I was doing. Um, not all was bad, but I was in a different career. And sometimes I speak from that place. And when my dad uh, kind of said to me, that I want you to go and teach those young people in my church because they're not listening to me and I can tell. <laughs> he was, I was like, I don't know how to talk to them. I'm not qualified. I don't know what to do. I don't preach. He was like, go and tell them where you came from because they're all trying to go there. I thought that was profound. He said, in some way or the other, they're all trying to go down the road you just got off of. He said, so you have much to tell them. So just hang with me. Spirit-filled relationships. Okay, so in the early 90s, I was a musical director for a multi-platinum R&B group. Um, and they were nicknamed, I'll just put it this way, the bad boys of R&B. Won't go, I don't want to drop names. Okay? But I had a pretty extensive career in music before I got up here. All right. So these guys wrote classic songs about love relationships that skyrocketed them to the top of the charts. Now, I remember being on tour for years 
playing with various groups. But this particular group, um, you know, they did pretty well, and they had, you know, some love songs that they wrote. Uh, but I remember being on the tour buses, noticing that we were always surrounded by bodyguards, and that was not just for the fans. We, you know, in the tour bus, we had guns, knives, grenades. You know, like, what are we... And I was saying to myself, scratching my head, I said, you know, these weapons kind of don't go along with the songs we're singing. <laughs> it was just a little confusing to me, but you know, I didn't say nothing. I got my check, I paid and called it a quit, you know, called it a day. But I would often, often ask myself, he's like, these don't go along with what we're performing, you know? So fast forward a little bit. That group went on to uh, win several Grammys and multiple awards, and I'll never forget we were at the Grammys, uh, and the group, the principal group members got up on stage and they were dressed, you know, in a certain way. They had on, you know, fatigues and army gear and knives and machetes, and they were up there like, you know, we want to thank God for this award here. It looked like they just robbed everybody. Just, and I'm sitting back there in the keyboard, <laughs> you know. But they were dressed up like assassins or something. And and I remember, you know, a lot of people. You know, you remember this. A lot of people were like, you know, the the knives and the fatigues and the 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 image is really not going with what you sing about. You know, like there's something, the people, the fans were confused. There was a lot of, a lot of uproar in the press about that. I'll never forget it. Um, now, what I did not realize is that I did not know that this was the beginning of a certain trend in the, in the music field that was in pop R&B, um, where hip-hop R&B was kind of coming into play. Um, and the music industry was, that I knew was changing. Um, into, and evolving into something much, much darker. Okay. Fast forward just a little bit more. Somewhere around the late 90s, I wrote some music in my little home studio. My demo got the attention of some pretty high up execs in the record industry. And before you know it, I had my own production deal, songwriting deal, and record deal. And some important people heard it. Um, and I got there, and I'll never forget, I left my dad's church, you know, high, thinking like, this is it! I'm about to be rich! <laughs> and I got out there, and the folks... The executives were like, we love your music, man. It's be- you have beautiful music, but we just don't know how to market you. GK said, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what to do with you. And then one day, I guess they got frustrated. <laughs> one record company executive came to me and had a meeting with me. And he said, listen, Jamie, we are going to need to do some things about your image. We're going to need to change your image. And I said, okay, so what do you have in mind? Well, what we want you to do, Jamie, I'll never forget it. We want you to go to this really hot club. And there's a lot of artists that come to this club. And a lot of famous people go to this club. And, you know, they know who you are. You know, they, people are talking about you. But we need to, you know, kind of edge you up a little bit. All right, so what do you want me to do? We want you to go into the club. We want you to pick a fight with another label guy who's on a different label. I want you guys to get into a big scuffle and allow the paparazzi people and all the tabloid magazines that will be there to get this on the news. We need a little bit more edge from you, Jamie. So we need you to go in there and pick a fight with somebody. (laughs) And I told him, I said, you know, I don't know if you know, but have you heard my album? That's not what I wrote about. I wrote about, you know, a young man. You know, I had whole thing. It was all, you know, the rough, a relationship that had, you know, rough spots and then eventually it got better, you know. It's like it has a happy ending even, you know. And he was kind of like, you know, listen, I, we know you're a church boy. We know. We know where you come from. Again, Jamie, we like your music. We don't want to change the album. It's just the image thing. You know, 
it's okay to be a young man who, you know, wants to find love, but we can't really sell that right now. It would be better if you were like a gangster rapper trying to find love. You know, Jamie, what if you were like a gangbanger trying to find love? Now, if, now that we can sell. <laughs> I'm just setting this up. Just hang with me. <laughs> this is a true story. Um, so the basic idea was, Jamie, guys out in the street and the young people, they really can't relate to a guy like you. People are different. Okay. So you need to get out there and get a little more street cred. You know? You're too nice. You know, we don't want nobody to love a woman. Slap the woman. Do something. Just, you know, gang bang. Join, get into a gang. Okay. So that was pretty much the beginning of the end of my career because what they were basically saying to me Jamie, there's something about you that just doesn't fit in. Broke my heart. And it never dawned on me that when I was trying to produce this album or release this album, um, that I was releasing the album in the middle of the rise of gangster rap. Okay? And fast forward to where we are today. Now, this is where I want you guys to pay attention. That's where we were. This is where we are now. We've gone from jazz to blues, from R&B to rap, from hip-hop R&B to rap music that's called trap. And now we got this thing called, write this down, you might want to write, just so you know. Not so you can go get Mother Shirley to go buy it, but... Mother Shirley, download this. This is what you need to listen to. No. No. This is called drill rap music. Young people know about it. I got some young people going. We know. We heard. It's called drill. D-R-I-L-L. Okay. Um, drill rap music. A friend of mine called me, um, and we talk every now and then, and he kind of, you know, checks in with me, and every now and then when we talk, we, we re-up on music business because that's how we relate to each other. We've got a long, long, long friendship. We could pick up from wherever we left off, and he always like, you know, well, Jamie, you, you know what they're doing now? What they doing now, man? What the kids doing now? Tell me what they're doing now. All right. It's called drill music. So I looked it up, and drill music's popularity has everything to do with authenticity. Okay? So the music... The, state, the saying is, the music cannot officially be called drill or drilling. The music cannot be officially called drilling if the rapper isn't really killing. It's true. I could not believe what I heard and saw. I was blown away. It's progressed that far. The sound of the music track is extremely aggressive with low drone frequency and growling basses. Some of the people that are called musicologists or people that are called experts or analysts in music, they would say this isn't music at all. Well, I don't know what we're hearing, but you cannot say that this is what we call music. Amen? It's got sinister melodies on, on top that kind of sprinkle it, I guess. And then you know, it's got this heavy beat and these quick hi-hats, you know, you know, music. You guys have heard it. They kind of are really basically mimicking the rattling of a machine gun. That's the code. So it's not just about the beat. Oh, that's danceable. No, to the kids, they're thinking, that's my gun. Really? Okay? All right. So, some of the people, as I said, don't even describe it as music. The reason for this is the rappers are really not talented. They're not musical. What they're doing is they're telling stories about who they just killed to a beat. So, what you're getting is this real-time almost situation where I say, in code, 
who I just murdered. And the kids are getting into it because this is like, man, you the real deal. You authentic. I mean, you really, you really killing. This is deep, right? Now, this music is sweeping the nation. But it comes at a heavy price. What we have now is young people are being brought into gang culture. And not just African Americans. It's everywhere. They're doing it in France. They're doing it in Europe. It's everywhere. Okay? They're being brought into gang culture by the music that they hear. Okay? For instance, just in our own area, Oakland. We've heard about it. Crime is high, right? Oakland saw a dramatic rise in violence in 2021. The police department reported shooting assaults, robberies, and burglaries all went up in 2021. So they're saying in comparison to 2020, when everybody was inside, you couldn't go out and kill anybody. When everybody got out, they just went back and took it to another level. Okay? The department, the department records, uh, or reports rather, that officers responded to a staggering 3,320 shootings in Oakland alone. That's a lot of guns. Now, watch this. This is still my setup. This is how they're planning to fix the problem. They said, we have hope there's going to be a great year because this is what we're going to do. To turn things around, Oakland is finding more police academy and funding those police academies, rather, putting money behind those police academies to fill vacancies. The department right now has about 737 positions that they want to fill, but they're only at 692. So they're saying, we're going to put some more money behind this, and we're going to get some more officers to help with the problem. In three weeks, the department will put 48 officers, even more, they were saying, in the city of East Oakland, Okay to deal with the problem. The city is also wanting to fix the problem by investing even more money uh, into a program called Operation Ceasefire. And Operation Ceasefire is an intervention program that the government has put together which provides high-risk individuals with jobs and other alternatives to gun violence. So the reason why I'm going to be out there shooting is because I ain't got a job. So if I lose my job tomorrow, y'all can find me on the the corner. Gang banging. Jamie, why why y'all here killing people? You know I don't got no job, so. (laughs) Hold on, wait, wait. As soon as I get a job, I guess I'll be too busy to shoot. Hmm. So they're saying that that's going to help the city. One thing that I don't like is government programs that don't include the truth of Christ, which is the only thing, not a program, but the only thing that reprograms the heart in any kind of lasting and significant way. The truth is, I'll never forget, I was on the line talking with some government officials earlier that last year about the problem that we were seeing in Oakland. And they were basically saying, you know, we need some ideas. And I basically said, listen, until we preach Jesus, none of this is going to change. Because I might get a job and then I lose my job. Then what happens? I'm going to need Jesus to hold me. Amen? All right. Here's the thing. Matthew 15, 19 says this. I'm moving a little quicker now. Matthew 15, 19 says this. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemy. These things come from out of the heart. Amen? There's only one person that I know who changes hearts. And that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? 
But the governors and mayors of these cities, even in New York, I was reading, this is happening in New York as well, um, they feel like they're losing their cities to these surges of violent crime waves that are coming from today's youth. Amen? They're saying we're losing a whole generation of young people simply because of nowadays what they're listening to. Wow. One thing that we have to realize, saints, is that love, peace, and harmony has a real enemy. I'm going to say that again. Love, peace, and harmony has an enemy. Satan hates unity. He doesn't mind people unifying for the wrong reasons. But he absolutely hates the unity that is formed by God. Amen? The interesting thing is that man seems to always come up with solutions to these problems. And they typically do not include God. Amen? God has a solution for this, and he's always had a solution for this. And it's found in God's plan of salvation. And watch this. And it's displayed through his people in his church who possess the Holy Spirit. The solution to all of this craziness is folks who are saved, who display the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? Amen? All right. What we need to understand, saints, is this is a war. It's Satan's agenda of hatred in the world versus God's display of the Holy Spirit through his church, folks who are still in the world. Those who are saved are still in the world. We just happen to still be here. And those who are not saved are those who are trapped by the system of the world. Okay, we should not be surprised by what we see in the world, but it should not be that the same thing that we're seeing in the world is the same thing we're seeing in the church. This is where we turn it. So the church is here to display to this world what it looks like to have spirit filled, loving, committed, hmm? peaceful orderly relationships. Amen? And the world is supposed to look and notice and say, huh, that's peculiar. I've never seen that before. How are they doing that? It's the Holy Spirit. That's how we're doing it. He is responsible. Amen? Amen. What I'm saying, saints, is in spite of what's happening in the world, unity is possible. Amen? But it all depends on who we're listening to and who we're obeying. Amen? The results of who we're listening to will show up in your relationships. Uh. So I went through this term, these terms in the in scripture here, and I looked through this, this list of, of sins, this list of, uh, yeah, sins that are against God and, and, and against humanity and, and man. And a lot of my resource materials, you know, they all kind of differ. I got a lot of stuff that I can look at and, and research. I got a lot of stuff that, that was, you know, grandfathered to me through my dad. I got a lot of computers and programs and, and all of my theology stuff and all my, you know, concordance and, you know, Greek word expositors and all that kind of stuff that I'm looking through. They all have similar things to say, but they, they kind of have different ways of saying it. And, and some of the definitions, you know, kind of go with different words, but they're all pretty much the same. Um, but they pretty much land in four different categories, okay? So the four categories of what we're seeing here is jealousy, selfishness, anger, and divisions. Jealousy, selfishness, anger, and divisions. So, let me read it one more time to you. 
Galatians 5, starting at verse 20. So the works of the flesh are made manifest, which are these. And in verse 20, it says, um, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Right? All right. So where am I? Right here. So jealousy, selfishness, anger, divisions. What is hatred? Hatred, feelings of malice that are in the heart about others. I can't stand you. Ooh. Here they come. Hatred. Exact opposite of love. Okay? Hatred. Variance. Very interesting word, King James word, but it basically means contention. You know? Variance. I like to say you got variable ways to attack people with your mouth. <laughs> contention. Quarreling. People that just love to get into it with you. You know, it, you say something, they just jump on it. And I just, you know, you, you have people like, Jiki's like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> people who sow verbal discord. Every time I, you know, I, you don't even want to talk to them because you just, I just can't do this with you today. I got things to do. I got, I got, I got kids, man. Come on. <laughs> Just love to argue, okay? Then we got emulations. Emulations is jealousy, you know? Casting grudging looks that, you know, uh, that, that are, are, you know, evil looks because, you know, you got something I don't have, something that I want that I feel like I should have. I'm not content with what God has chosen for me because I'm too busy with, God, with looking at what God has chosen for you. You know, so I'm not content. You know, God has decided, you know, that you should be blessed. And, you know, when I hear about what God has done for you and, you know, you get the people, you know, sometimes they, they want to be really happy about it. And they, oh, bless the Lord. That's good for you. I'm so good. God is so good. He really blessed your life. And then others is like, well, it must be nice, huh? Oh, that's nice. Eh? I love what you've done with the place. It's great. Uh, bless the Lord. <laughs> Just jealous, okay? Wrath. We dealt with this word before. It's outburst of anger. Emotions of rage, which, oh, I love the way this, this writer says this, seizes control of the whole inner man. You are just subject to go off. You can't help it. You, you know, you're, you got a short fuse. Anything could set you off. You, you know, there's no, you have no control in this area. You're in a long line in, in a grocery, and, and, you know, now we got to do the social distancing. So I'm sitting there. And it's taking forever to get to the line. Here comes somebody who cuts in the line in front of you in the space. And doesn't notice that there's a line all the way down the aisle where everybody's supposed to get their groceries. We're all patiently waiting to be rung up, and they just jump in the line, and you say, sir, I'm sorry, or ma'am, I'm sorry. You, you, the line is back this way, and they go, so? At that moment, who's in control of you, the spirit or your flesh? How are you going? Look at the state's going, well, praise the Lord, Pastor. It's been great being a part of this church, but at that moment, I've used this example before. You driving in your car and somebody speeds past you at 100 miles an hour, cuts you off, you know, almost kills you. And, and, and they're driving fast only to get to the same stoplight five seconds later. And it just so happens that the devil allows you to be in the next lane. And they're sitting there trying not to look at you because they know they've done wrong. And you hanging out outside the window. You know what? Spirit's control or the flesh? 
Amen? One of them things ain't the spirit. <laughs> All right. Next word, strife. What is strife? Now, it sounds like we would understand, but you got to be, wake up. What is strife? Strife really is kind of almost like striving, okay? Selfish ambitions, okay? Uh, self-centered strivings, uh, looking out for self at the expense of everybody else. I don't care. I'm going to make, honey, I'm going to make this thing happen. I don't care who it hurts. Strife. That's not being filled with the Spirit. How could you not love your neighbor enough to care about whether or not your actions will affect them? You see this a lot when it comes to CEOs and companies and stuff, and they make decisions. And it's just like, have you thought about the rest of the people on the planet? Do you, do you have a heart? There's a coldness there. You know, what's wrong? No Holy Spirit. He's not in the building. He does not live in that person. Amen? Because they can do anything and go to sleep like nothing happened. All kinds of stuff. you doing stuff to folks' water. And, you know, you know come on. It's like companies doing, illegally dumping. You, you've seen it. You know? You know? We done laid off everybody just because I, I want a new Bentley. It, it's terrible. You just, it's striving for self and not thinking about anybody else. All right. Two more words. And, no, no, three more words. And we're good. Seditions. What are seditions? Seditions and heresies. They kind of go together. Seditions are factions, divisions, religious cliques, separations in the church caused by disagreement. What are the disagreements? That's the next word, the heresies. Heresies are the high-minded disagreements, uh, high-minded opinions of others, the beliefs of others that cause the seditions, that cause the separation, that cause the divisions, the factions, okay? So we, it should not be that what we see in the world, we end up seeing in the church is what he's saying. Okay, so what you have here is, you know, we got seditions caused by heresies. I believe a certain thing and you, you believe a certain thing. And so what ends up happening is you got, you know, a uh, division of, of opposing groups right in the church. I mean, we got Republican Christians and Democratic Christians. And depending on how you vote, I'm going to be in this group, you're going to be in that group. And then we're looking at you crazy. Amen. You got, ooh, that was, ooh, you got quiet on that one, boy. I don't know about you. I felt like a wind come from. I said Republican, Democrat. All right, Jesus. All right. In the church, just like when we had the Galatians and the Jews in the church, right? There were problems. There were issues. There was factions and, and all that kind of stuff. You got, you got law teaching in the church versus grace teaching in the church. You, you riding too heavy on the law. You, you're not riding heavy enough on grace. And then everybody gets in a little group, of, you know, depending on that. We got issues with music, you know, soulful gospel music. I want to... that's it! Jesus likes that. And you got people that like hymns. Oh, me, no, me, no, me, no. And everybody goes and runs and gets in their group and look at each other crazy. Factions. <laughs> oh, here's a new one for you vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Ooh. And you didn't get your shot? You got that shot? You got all these situations in the church. And here's the interesting thing about it. Jesus is looking at his separated church saying, I saved every last one of y'all. What's the problem? I rescued every last one of y'all. Why can't y'all get along? Y'all don't see y'all in the same boat? Allowing these factions, these heresies, these opinions, these beliefs to exalt themselves above Christ. Are you seeing it? All right. Then we got, you know, you know the sad thing about that? While the church is busy making gangs in the church, 
you got folks outside the church who are going straight to hell because we're fighting each other. You see it? You got to put that stuff in its place. Amen? Amen. All right. Next word, envyings. Envyings is similar to jealousy, but it's a little different. It's like a literal pain that is felt by the malice that you feel for somebody else. The mere sight of their happiness or excellence causes pain in you. You just, you know, I've heard about people like this where they just, whatever good, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that, some per, that person like, you know, achieves or whatever, it, they can't stand it. It literally pains me to see you do well. Wow. Now, jealousy has turned into something that makes you sick to your stomach. When you see a person doing good or, you know, being, being put on display or, or being honored in any way, whatever happens, something inside of you is like there's an there's a evil that you imagine. You, you know, while they're being honored, you're thinking of a way to tear them down. Just you're wishing them harm. I hope they trip before they get their award. Hope you scrub real good. So what you have here? Hatred means strong feelings of malice directed towards an individual. Variance or contentions, discord, variance, quarrels, right? Jealousies, you know, I, I'm not content with what I have. I'm so focused on what you have and I'm wishing I ought to have it. Amen. Wrath, outburst of hot anger or passions, you know. Selfish ambition where you're only thinking of your own self. You're striving for number one at the expense of others. Uh, or, you know, basically these two words, dissensions, separations, uh, where we got heresies and seditions. There are dissensions, separations caused by disagreements. Amen? Heresies, uh, you know, sects that are forms, S-E-C-T-S, sects that are formed by men with self-willed high opinions of what they think are right, right? Envy, you know, is displeasure at the prosperity, little displeasure at the prosperity of somebody else. And then there's another word that doesn't show up in a lot of translations. That's why I study out of the King James, even though sometimes I may give different references. I always make sure I study out of King James, but for whatever reason, they took a lot of this word out, a lot of, uh, this word out of a lot of translations. And that word is murders. Right? Some manuscripts don't add this word. I'm not sure why they took it out. Maybe they, you know, Thought it might have been irrelevant. And like me, I was kind of like, were the Galatians literally murdering each other? I mean, I don't know. If, you know, at first I was kind of like I had a hard time understanding why Paul would put this in here. But I think it's appropriate. And this is why. When you're not spirit-filled in your relationships, you don't know how to handle issues. And let us never forget that the Pharisees started out arguing with Jesus. And then ended up killing Jesus. So this thing can grow. If the Holy Spirit is not dealing with you and keeping you in check, you don't know what you will do. Amen? You see all on the news all the time, some public figure that's famous, you know, they were in a relationship with their wife and all of a sudden she come up missing her. You know, you just don't know, you know? So the Holy Spirit has to be in control of all of our relationships. All right. So, Galatians 5.21. Oh, boy. Here we go. This verse. All of those sins that we just mentioned, Paul saying, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which, underline this word, do. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not saying, have I had an argument? He's not saying, you know, like in the earlier verses, did, did, I, did I serve another God? Did I, was I into the tarot cards and witchcraft and astrology and trying to figure out, hey, baby, what's your sign and all that? You know, did, did, I, did I enter into 
relationships where there was adultery or fornication. He's not saying, did that happen? The word do here is practice. They which practice these things. If you are in an adulterous, fornicating, idolatrous, whatever relationship, or if, if you are in, in, in a situation where you are just selfish to your core, jealousy is just running you, malice and anger and wrath just completely consumes you, and you are known by this. This is what you do. This is a practice, whether it's private or public. If this is something that is a consistency in your life, come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, make this plain, Lord. If these things are, oh, if these things are an individual's pattern of life, this is just my pattern. I've been in this, you know, relationship with Broham and for so long. No, I know I know we ain't married, but but this is what we do. This is how we roll. I love the Lord, but we do our thing. If this is your pattern in life, amen, any of these things, wrath, contention, you just, just can't stop arguing. <laughs> I, have, I know somebody like that. Just... Then Paul says, they which do practice, make a pattern of such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There is no inheritance for you in God's kingdom. Why? Because you are proven by your action that the Holy Spirit does not live in you. Now, I know this is 2022, and we are in gray area, you know, version of church. Where, where everything is like, yeah, pastor, but. This is straight up here. He's saying, you ain't saved. Period. I know that's your cousin. They ain't saved. There's no gray area here. Practice means to be occupied with. To accomplish or practice. The idea is to perform repeatedly. Habitually, this is my habit. Amen? This is my repetition. All right. Woo! I did it, Lord. Second, Second Thessalonians 3.16. Second Thessalonians 3.16. What we see here in these relationships, especially when it comes to Satan's agenda, and bringing in violence, we see that there's no peace. Right? No order to the relationships. Amen? No peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself, wow, give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. When you have people that are in the fellowship, amen, who have the Holy Spirit, They have a resource. His name is the Holy Spirit. He will give you peace. You will have results of peace. Why are we always going through changes? Which one of us is not saved? Which one of us doesn't have any power? Which one of us is trusting in our own abilities to do it and falling short? We got to limit people. We're humans. We're not supernatural. We need power. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Oh, I love this. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity. You see that? Of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's only one way that happens, folks. First of all, you got to get saved. Then you got to have some power to do it. Amen? You got to have the Holy Spirit. So he's given a command, but he's expecting that they can do it because he knows who they have. Are you hearing me? There should be peace in the relationship. That's an indication that God is there. Okay? Doesn't mean you don't have to work at it. It's not automatic. 
but we have the resource. Amen? Should not be that this is the pattern of life, pattern of chaos, pattern of anger, pattern of wrath, pattern of contentions. Amen? Not a wear on your soul. You can't do that. God does not want us here bickering and arguing and fighting with everybody. That's Satan. We ain't in gangs. We're the church. Amen? Ephesians 2.14. Ephesians 2.14. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down, come on, Holy Spirit, the middle wall of partition between us. The, Jesus on the cross tore down the differences. There was a law that separated the Jews from the Gentiles. Jesus tore that down and said, now you're all one. I have made this whole body one. Whoever is trusting in me, who's ever believing in me, I have put myself on the cross, paid for all of your sins. You're all one body now. This differences thing that you're going to do and the schisms and issues and, and contentions, that's not of my spirit. I didn't die for you to end up hating each other. I didn't go through all that for you to beat up on folks and, and, and be jealous of folks and be completely out of control and go to smash it on folks. Did you hear what she said to me? I'm going I'm to get it. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to cut it. You don't know me. I'm in your choir robe talking like that. Tore down the hostility. Amen? Tore it down. Jesus made us one. Here's the thing, saints. Jesus, God the Father, sent his son to die for us. And that salvation that we have is not only salvation from hell. Thank you, Lord. That's how I want to say it. It's also deliverance from sin. We increasingly become more like Jesus. Are you hearing me? How was it done, pastor? Well, the next verse, Galatians 5.22. I want you to notice this. The works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. One is something that you work and you do. The other is something that he does through you. You bear his fruit because he's in you. As I yield to him, what ends up happening? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. God is love. Those who are in God, we know how to love. It's an agape love. It's a self-sacrificing love. I can put myself on the cross for you whatever time I have to do. I can deny myself, take up my cross, and love you. Wow! The fruit of the Spirit is love. God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Here's the issue. I got jealousy issues. I got envy issues. How do I handle that? Well, the Holy Spirit, he comes, one package with all this fruit, amen? He comes with the ability to have joy to where I can be so happy in Jesus, I don't care what he blesses you with. Because I'm not... Tripping off of my circumstances. When God decides he's going to bless me, he's going to bless me. And whatever he decides not to give me, I'm okay with that. Whatever he decides to give me, I'm okay with that. I got my eye on Jesus, not your stuff. Not your husband, not your job, not your car, not your wife, not your kids, not your... Are you hearing me? Peace, love, joy, peace. Peace, watch this, with God through salvation. Why? Because Jesus Christ made us not enemies of God, but now we are at peace of God through the blood of Christ, which was shed for our sins. Now we have forgiveness. We are at peace with God, and God's peaceful people know how to have peace with each other. There should be results in the relationships. Their spirit field relationships. Amen? Long-suffering. Oh! This the one, y'all. Pastor, you know she annoys me. She annoys everybody. I have... It's hard, Pastor. You know how, you know how she is. I have enough long-suffering in me to deal with your little issues. 
your quirks. You know, God didn't make everybody like Jamie. God didn't make everybody like you. It's not a big testimony if I know how to deal with everybody just like me. Did you catch what I just said? That's not a real display of the power of God. The real display of the power of God is when folks that are not like each other can be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that we can put up with certain things where it doesn't like rub us the wrong way and we in here fighting and stuff like that because I don't know how to deal with you. No, I have long suffering. I can handle you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's living in me and I yield to him. So I can suffer long. Here they come again this Sunday. Woo! Help me, Jesus. Right? <laughs> Woo! We can deliver it up in here. <laughs> Gentleness. I deal with you like I would deal with baby Grace when I say something to you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you got to come out so hard. I love you enough to say it the way, in a way that I would want to receive it. You know, I'm gentle with you. Goodness. I, I, I go out of my way to find ways to help you. This goes against the jealousy thing. I'm trying to find ways to love on you. I'm trying to find ways to help you. I want to be good to you. I don't just go around doing good things. In the context of relationship, you know, I'm trying to be good to you. Are you hearing me? Faith. Oh, boy. Let me give you one for this one. This is what I learned. It, it has a lot of meaning, but let me give you one, one simple one that I think will kind of hit us a little bit. If God is faithful, then how reliable should I be? Do I keep my word? When I say I'm going to show up, do I show up? Do I just completely let you down? I make promises that I never keep. Huh? Not just having the faith. That, that part we know. We've got a lot of preaching on that. But what about you being faithful? Yeah. Reliable. Amen? Faith. Meekness. I've said this before. I've taught it before. My favorite de definition of this is power under control. I can get you. And I know it. I can do you in. I know what you did to me. And guess what, honey? You deserve it. I can get you, brother. You know? You're no match for me, and I know it. But the Holy Spirit says, we're going to take all that, <laughs> and we're going to put that within my boundaries, and you're going to act like Jesus anyway. <laughs> with your bad self. Ooh, you so bad. Ooh, ooh. Me and God and the Holy Spirit, we, all of us know. The Holy Spirit's like, ooh, this, this girl, this one right here, she bad. And God says, anyway. We're going to pull all that in. <laughs> and we're going to act like Jesus. Because if Jesus can go around putting people's ears back on. If Jesus can go around after you don't whip me, beat me, spit on my face, call me everything but who I am, mock me, put a, a thorn, a, a crown of thorns on my head, tore my robe, and you know, you know what I'm saying? And call me the, the king of the Jews. <laughs> if Jesus can do all of that, still go on the cross. And not call down a whole fleet of angels who with one, one wing could wipe out everybody. Who hit me? That's it. I'm, I'm, I've had it. I'm done. You know what? Now you've gone too far. The whole crown of thorns thing, that was too much. Now I'm mad. That's not what Jesus did. He had all the power in the world. He... You know the thing that amazes me about him, this word, that I, I have to practice this word because I, I, I struggle with this word, okay? Because here's the thing. Jesus had all that power. He had all those people doing what he did, what they did to him, right? And he was the one that was putting breath in their body. And all he had to do was say, stop breathing. You would have had the sword and you dropped it. It would have been over with. Stop existing. The matter that you're made up. Goodbye. That's all he had to do. He's God. But he was power under control. What would happen in our relationships if somebody said something to us? Come on. Let's be the church here. Sorry about my allergies. If somebody said something to me, 
And on my job, the people see me respond in a way that makes absolutely no sense. Huh? My children see me respond to my wife in a way that makes absolutely no sense. Huh? What would happen? How much power would the church have if we just acted like Jesus? Spirit-filled relationships. <laughs> Temperance. This has a lot to do with a lot of those things. Amen? I'm deciding to be long-suffering, but particularly in the area of sexual control. Okay? I'm 20-something, and I think I'm hot, and I'm just going to take them because I can. Huh? No. Control. Amen? Sexual control. You know, brother, you really nice, and you got a nice job, and you got a nice car and all that, but I don't get down like that because we ain't married. I know that's old school. But we got a lot of broken families that come together from people who have decided not to have any control. But the truth is that they don't have the control if they don't have the Holy Spirit. So, Samuel Chadwick points out this. Are you guys tired? I'm sorry. Because I got three hours to go. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right, Samuel Chadwick points this out. He said, the fruit of the Spirit is, I love this, an affectionate, lovable disposition, a radiant spirit, a cheerful temper, a tranquil mind, and a quiet, mi- quiet manner, a forbearing patience in provoking circumstances and with trying people, a sympathetic insight and tactful helpfulness, generous judgment, and big soul charity, loyalty, remember? Reliability, faithfulness, huh? And reliability under all circumstances, humility that forgets self in the joy of others, in all things self-mastered and self-controlled, which is the final mark of God's perfection. I love the way he put that. I have to study that because it's like, wow. Now I see a standard here that makes sense to me. This is what God wants me to do. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? How, do, how does the church reflect the glory of God instead of the agenda of Satan that's in the world? How are we not divided against each other? How are we not so angry that we're just completely out of control? How are we loving? How are we filled with the Spirit? How does this happen? How is it that we actually reflect the glory of God, which is peace and love, and not gangbanging in the world system and, get, you know, get over on everybody? How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, the solution to this situation is the church, the church has to remember to keep one thing in mind. Before you decide to start your day, settle in your spirit this one point. You are not to be trusted. Don't trust you. Take out your cell phone, turn the camera on, go, mm-mm. You are not to be trusted. The truth is, you and I will ruin every relationship that we're connected to if we trust how we feel instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a difference. You and I have the ability to misrepresent the kingdom of God if we just get out of bed and start relating to people. Oh, I'm going to get up and go see my cousin. No, 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 no. You know your cousin. You better pray about that first. <laughs> well, I'm going to get up. Then I get up every morning. How are you doing, sweetie? Wait, let me pray because I need her. And she needs me, but we both need the Holy Spirit. See? That is a spirit-filled relationship. Most young people don't even think like that. But most adults don't do that. Most older folks and senior Laurie seasoning saints don't think that way. (laughs) The problem is this, saints. We have an overconfidence problem. It's pride. 
okay? I forget. You forget. We all forget. The church forgets, and we don't realize how much we need the Spirit to function even at the basic level of relationships. Come on now. Listen. Satan has an agenda, and we're seeing what he's doing in the world. It should not be that we see the same thing in the church. Don't you realize that Satan hates God? He hates anything that looks like God. He hates unity. He hates it. And you and me, our flesh is not qualified to deal with the schemes of Satan, let alone deal with yourself. You're going to have to be prayed up for this, saints. When you come to church, when you deal with your children, when you deal with your husband, when you deal with your co-workers, when you deal with your church family members, when you deal with your family members, when you deal with your gardener, huh? You need to be prayed up, filled with the Spirit, filled with the Word of God, thinking His thoughts. That way, before I get ready to say anything, the Holy Spirit says, hold on, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Let him in. Probably somebody needs something. It's okay. Yep. All right. It's just somebody at the door. So you need. Come on in, brother. Come on in. Come on in. It's okay. We need the Holy Spirit. I'm up here, folks. We need the Holy Spirit not only to deal with the people that are challenging. We need the Holy Spirit to deal with how we're tempted to respond to them. Come on, somebody. Now, that's where the work of the body of Christ really, really begins to shine. Because when you see people pressing into the power of the Spirit in the middle of very trying circumstances, very trying conversations, very trying relationships and associations, people in your job that you're like, you know, you just can't help yourself. You ain't saved. I know you just, whew, okay, Lord. Here we go. I'm going to go in this bathroom, get myself together with Jesus. I'm going to come on out and do round two. Right? That's how it is. That's real. I'm going to pull it together before I say something that does not represent my Holy Father. Okay? We need, it's, see, it's the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. This is what I would do. So if I'm going to function in the Spirit, I need to cut that off and decide to be still and know that I'm God. I got this situation. Wait on me. Focus on me. All right, now that you're calm, now say it. See that? That's yielding to the Holy Spirit. Your relationships are not filled with the Spirit if you're not actually using Him. If you're not actually depending on Him. And I, I have not done this perfectly. Anybody else have issues in this area? For some of us, if we're honest, this is a daily press. We, we, we press and we bring this to the altar every, every day, right? Amen. Pray. Amen. That young man, older man, I call him young man, but that older man reached out to me on Facebook. I know who he is. He wanted to come to church. And so he's, he's coming. He's a little late. <laughs> Bless his heart. Amen. And we're going to pray with him. Amen. Amen. But here's the thing I want to say to you. I'm, I'm pretty much done. But if we're going to have spirit-filled relationships, we're going to have to lean on the spirit and display the kingdom of God, which is the exact opposite of what we're seeing in this world. Amen. But as I said in the beginning of the sermon, it all depends on who you're listening to. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who's got your ear? And here's a big thing for us. Do we obey him? Huh? Yes, she's your wife. Yes, she's, he's your husband. Yeah, yeah, those are your grandkids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are into some stuff. But are you prayerful about how you approach it? Yeah, you know your scripture. Yeah, you know the Bible. Yeah, you, yes, they're wrong. 
But we don't want to do right in the wrong way. We're going to need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I don't want to just be in relationship with you. I want to be in spirit-filled relationship with you. And see, that's what a church wins. That's what he was dealing with in, in the Galatian church. He was saying, I don't want you to look like the world. I don't want you to be like the world. I want you to look like me. I'm the only one that knows how to do this. The Holy Spirit can cause other folks that have the Holy Spirit to get along with each other. Right? And the Holy Spirit can cause folks that have the Holy Spirit to deal with people that don't have the Holy Spirit to somehow get in a situation where we know how to endure them in hopes that they will actually come into into the faith. Amen? So that's what we need to do. We're not focusing on just getting up and starting relating to people. No. We're going to pray, Lord, help me to have spirit-filled relationships. Amen? Amen. All right. We're done.